I'd like to welcome all of you to Prairie Doc Radio Program. Rick Homer, Prairie Doc, is still uh, recovering from his surgery in, at the Mayo Clinic. He's doing very well. Any reports we get from either him, his wife, or his son Eric, who has been very active on Facebook filling people in, he seems to be doing extremely well for a major surgery like that, so we're very pleased. In his absence, I'm so happy to welcome Kenneth Knudsen, an ophthalmologist with the Yorkshire Eye Clinic, to our program. Welcome, Dr. Knudsen. Thanks, Joan. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, I'm so glad to have you here, and I remember when the Yorkshire Eye Clinic opened. You know, I'm older than whatever. Um, (laughs) I can remember because Ron Tash came to town. The Mm -hmm. Yorkshire Eye Clinic has been there for 35 years. That's amazing. It is, and uh, he's still going. Strong. He uh, works a couple of days a week and uh, loves his patients, so we're just so happy to have him. And the clinic that he started here has done well over the years. He, he certainly has, and he's uh, he's been a good friend and just happy that he and his wife have decided to stay in Brookings. Yes. He's semi-retired, mm. but he still enjoys getting in there, and, mm-hmm. and of course, his patients love him, so you got that. Knut, Dr. Knutson, before the... Uh, when I first called you and we were talking about the program, you said, you know, it'd be a good idea to discuss strokes. And I didn't think of strokes with eyes, but I looked it up a bit and I was yeah. amazed. Stroke is the leading cause of serious long-term disability in the United States. That amazed me. Right. And uh, when we're talking strokes, well, uh, you know, we think of brain strokes, which can affect the eye and you can have actual strokes to the eye itself and the vessels in the eye. So we can talk a little bit about each. My goodness, I, so there's two different ways to look at it, right? Yeah, um, I guess I'll start with uh, kind of off your point. Uh, in general, we, we think of strokes in the brain. And of course, in the brain, we have the visual centers called the occipital cortex. And so once in a while, people get a stroke to that area of the brain, they can notice problems in their vision. And usually it will present as a uh, field cut, we call it, or a field deficit in uh, one side of their vision or the other. So if you get a stroke to the right side of the occipital cortex, the patient may be noticing that they're missing things to the left in the vision of each eye. This is kind of how the, the nerves work there and how they travel from the optic nerve to the brain. Okay, and that, well, that's the brain stroke, but there's Correct. also a stroke that just affects the eye directly? Yeah, and, and there's different vascular uh, uh, things that we, we kind of lump under the stroke label. You can get uh, artery occlusions, which are kind of your typical when you think of strokes where you have a little plaque that travels from the carotid arteries usually and can actually get lodged in one of the retinal arteries in the back of the eye there and actually cause a a cut in the vision in the visual field or if it gets a little farther back in the main artery in the optic nerve it can pretty much blind the eye and so we don't like to see that obviously sometimes you'll look back uh, into the eye in the blood vessels and see some of these little plaques they look like little yellow cholesterol type plaques and they have a, uh, they even have a name. They're called Hollenhorst plaques. Must be the doctor that Good discovered Good old Dr. Hollenhorst. <laughs> I'm sure this was in Europe somewhere, but yeah. Uh, and so that's kind of a classic artery occlusion type of stroke. There are also uh, something kind of similar. 
people can get vein occlusions uh, in the, uh, of course we have arteries and we have veins. The veins take the blood away from the tissues, but they can get choked off, not usually from a plaque, but it can be from either high blood pressure, high eye pressure, or just um, hypercoagulable states like lupus or um, sickle cell. There's all sorts of things, but uh, usually associated with a high eye pressure, it puts pressure on the vein and chokes that off. And then you get a backup of the blood and you'll see all these little hemorrhages back there. And sometimes that can cause very poor vision also. Well, when you do have a stroke to the eye, Mm -hmm. I'm sure a patient would come in to see you. What can you do for them? Well, if it's an artery occlusion, uh, sometimes not a lot, actually. There's uh, usually we, if it's been uh, choked off for more than 90 minutes, it's kind of done its damage. So it's it's kind of a frustrating uh, uh, disease. About the only you know thing you can do to prevent it is general overall cardiovascular health and uh, control your blood pressure, control your diabetes. Uh, some people, if they've had uh, mini strokes or TIAs, uh, they'll get their carotid arteries checked. Uh, with ultrasound, you'll hear quite a bit is what the test is to see if that carotid artery is throwing, you know, has a right. lot of plaques. Excuse me. Well, yeah. I would think mm-hmm. for uh, strokes, then, or strokes to the eye, the most important thing is prevention. Exactly. What you can that's, do to prevent rather than, to, yeah, prevention exactly. will make the difference. But certainly if something, uh, a symptom pops up where you're, you've lost part of your vision or some people have something called amaurosis fugax, which is a very strange name, but it just means they've, they had like a curtain come down over their vision and they, they will lose the vision in one eye for a few seconds to an hour or something, but then it comes back and then you're pretty... Uh, suspecting that a clot or a uh, plaque has passed through and so definitely come in we want to see you that day and take a look back there so the sooner you come in the better you don't put it off if, right. you, if your vision yeah. comes back you know i'm fine no no no, no. i want to know about it please okay. <laughs> yes the sooner well well that's true and with strokes can, too the sooner yeah, you know yeah. the sooner you see a doctor once you've had a stroke, makes a huge difference right. in the they, care. With your regular type of strokes, uh, brain strokes, or you know, get to the emergency room right away, and uh, they'll get the ball rolling on the tests they need to do to see if it's a clot or a hemorrhage or what. But and then uh, certainly, if it's just an eye thing, we can start with the eye doctor. But if it's more than that, get to the emergency room. Don't delay. Okay, well, if you have any questions about strokes or eyes, Dr. Knutson here is he definitely an eye specialist. And uh, we're going to take our first break. We'll look forward to any questions you might have, and we will be back right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We're happy to have you listening today. Dr. Holm is still recovering from his surgery, and in his stead we have Dr. Kenneth Knutson, who is an ophthalmologist with the Yorkshire Eye Clinic in Brookings. Uh, during our break, we had a woman email uh, Bob, and the question had to do with floaters and flashes of light in her eyes. If this increases, should she see an eye doctor? Yes, if... In fact, even if it doesn't increase, I would encourage you to see see an eye doctor if this is something new. Uh, every most people are aware of floaters and what they are. There's spots floating around your vision, and if it's something you've had for many years, that's kind of normal, benign thing. However, if you're seeing new floaters, uh, 
a sudden shower floaters, especially if it's accompanied with new flashes, then we should check that out because uh, uh, occasionally that can indicate a retinal tear and we like to look back there because retinal tears can lead to retinal detachments. If we see a retinal tear we can get some laser around it and usually uh, seal that down so it doesn't get worse. Uh, it doesn't always mean you have a retinal tear but if there's something new we definitely like to dilate the eye and take a good look back there. Okay so if the, the woman that contacted you would best thing she could do is to get to see her eye doctor yes as soon as possible okay. I would and what if you've never had floaters and all of a sudden you've got some floaters yes and again usually it's a benign thing but if it's new it's best to check it out okay. and floaters have to do with the vitreous which is uh, the liquid jelly that fills the back of the eye as we age that tends to liquefy more and kind of pull away from the retina should stop using my hands here, but I can't. It's okay. It's hard <laughs> to talk without your hands. <laughs> yes. Uh, but that vitreous can pull away from the retina, and that's when you start to see these floaters, or I think they're just kind of coagulation of the collagen particles of that vitreous that float around. But again, once in a while, as that's uh, separating from the retina, occasionally it can pull a retinal tear. So it's best to see a doctor. If you've if never had floaters and you've got them, something new, get an appointment. Don't ignore it. Okay, yeah. very good. Well, we had a call from a woman concerned about her husband. He was born with ocular melanosis. You'll have to explain to us what that is. He's 41. His dark spot in his eye is more prominent when he is tired or dehydrated. He sees a doctor annually for a checkup, but this woman is curious if this typically becomes more of a problem as people get older, or what should she expect or he expect in the future? He's 41 now. And um, Why didn't you start yeah. with ocular melanosis? Uh, ocular melanosis, uh, sometimes it's hard for even me to remember. It's, it's not necessarily a melanoma, but that's what you're always worried about. So it's just uh, kind of a darker pigmentation usually on the conjunctiva overlying the sclera or white part of the eye. And so if you see that, then this gentleman's doing the right thing. He's getting it monitored because if it's changing, then sometimes they'll remove it or biopsy to make sure it's not a melanoma, which is a cancer, of course. Of course. Which uh, we, typically we think of that as a skin cancer, but you can also get it on the eye or inside the eye. But um, here they're talking about I had never heard of a eye. cancer in your mm -hmm. eye or in or yeah. on your eye that's interesting you can I'm get, sure she won't find yeah. it interesting and there's some, it's rare it, it's kind of rare there's okay. uh, and some individuals darker skinned individuals may have just some areas of uh, hyperpigmentation on the conjunctiva or under the lids uh, the conjunctiva is a mucous membrane that covers the uh, back of the lids and the white part of the eye. So basically, as long as you're monitoring it and checking for any changes, uh, then you're doing the right thing. All right. In in the long term, is there anything it's, you can tell them? Well, and I don't know a lot about it. I uh, leave it more to the oculoplastics people. But uh, as far as I know, if it's congenital, it can change more with puberty. I'm thinking. But uh, as we age, I don't remember that the melanosis changes a great deal. So they shouldn't be too concerned. No. And he's seen a doctor every year. Right, so exactly. That's taken Basically care of monitor it. it. Very good. Mm -hmm. Well, I appreciate that call mm -hmm. coming in. Now we have another call from a woman who has MS uh, diagnosed 10 years ago with optic neuritis. That was her presenting symptom. Mm -hmm. 
So she had optic neuritis once. How <coughs> likely should it recur? Do people without MS also get optic neuritis? Another thing you're going to have to define for us. Yes. Optic neuritis, optic what is that? Optic neuritis, well, basically means inflammation of the optic nerve. And you can get it without having uh, multiple sclerosis, but as this person noted, it is sometimes uh, seen with uh, as a as a first symptom of op of uh, multiple sclerosis, or sometimes after you've had the diagnosis. Uh, but it's an inflammation where you get swelling of the optic nerve, and it can decrease the vision. So the person would typically notice a decline in vision or a very foggy sensation smoky uh, cloudiness to the vision and uh, sometimes colors are desaturated and uh, basically for that we look in the back of the eye and you'll see the optic nerve is is swollen and uh, inflamed uh, whenever we see a nerve that looks like that that usually if it's a new diagnosis you know that means we're getting an MRI and checking for other things going on in the brain and or multiple sclerosis which can show some changes in the white matter. So it was really an indication for her that the yes that the, that diagnosis ended up proving true. She did have MS. Exactly, right? and if it's uh, usually their first attack of optic neuritis, um, they'll be started on <clears throat> oral steroids or sometimes even some loading doses of IV steroids, and that calms the uh, inflammation down. There's been lots of studies on MS, and they say if you do get a uh, uh, diagnose of optic neuritis they, you definitely want to get the first time at least the uh, steroid because that can reduce the amount of problems uh, you have in the future from the uh, optic neuritis and or MS. Okay the last question on that was can mm -hmm. people without MS also have this and you said they could. Right yeah sometimes you can just get optic neuritis but and not have MS but we still get an MRI to see if there's any changes there. Okay, so if you have that, you definitely want to get in and have the MRI, and hopefully it'll show no MS. Right. right? If we do see something, then uh, we'll let your regular doctor know, and usually that means we're consulting with neurology also on that. So. Okay, thank you. Well, mm -hmm. we uh, if we had some interesting, we had another caller just come in with another question, but we'll take our next break and get back to that question right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. If you just joined us, Dr. Holm is uh, still recuperating for surgery. And in his stead, we have Dr. Kenneth Knutson, who's an ophthalmologist with the Yorkshire Eye Clinic in Brookings. We have been talking about a number of topics re referring to the eye. And while we were talking, we had another call come in. And um, I'm not sure if it was a man or a woman, but they called in and felt sandy in her eyelids. They did remove some, but now feels more. Wow, well, sandy in your eyelids. Yeah, and that it's hard to know. It, it sounds like something was actually removed, whether it was a, a foreign body. Or sometimes people get little uh, conjunctival cysts that uh, have little concretions, and they look like little white calcium stones. And you'll see these little bubbles in the conjunctiva underneath the lid, on the back side of the lids. And you can dig those out with a needle if they're kind of scratching the eye. Most of the time you just leave them alone, but occasionally these little concretions can break through the little cysts they're in and then rub on the eye and feel kind of sandy or scratchy. So I'm not sure if that was what she had, but uh, 
Uh, other times we see foreign bodies, obviously, that get stuck under the lid, and we remove those. So what should she do now that uh, she's already been in, but yeah. now she's starting to feel more? Should she go back? Well, that's, yeah, just to take another look um, and, and see what might be going on there. Obviously, it, if there's nothing more to remove, sometimes some lubricating drops uh, or gels or ointments can, can get you through the uh, symptoms until it smooths over. But. Okay. Every once in a while, I wear contact lenses. I have for so many years, but mm -hmm. every once in a while, they'll feel rough. And what is that? Yeah. Well, it's either some irritation from the lens. Uh, the the lens surface over time can get a little rough just okay. due to the silicon breaking down. Uh, or sometimes you get a little conjunctivitis or infection in there. Uh, it, it's hard to know. Uh, but our eyes are sensitive. It's, they are. There's so many nerve endings there. Anybody who's had a scratch on their cornea will attest to how darn painful that is, where it's even hard to keep your eye open. It's just, it just hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it just <plain laughs> It's sensitive hurts. tissue, and that's for a reason. Your eyes are so important. I think there's so many nerve endings there. It alerts you to any little thing that is wrong. So uh, that's why they're so sensitive, I guess. It's a protective measure. Okay. I've noticed, too, we love our dry climate here. Mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of it, but we've got a dry climate in South Dakota. If I go to Florida, I can be there two, uh, not even a day, and mm -hmm. my eyes feel phenomenal. Because yeah. the moisture Just in so the air, more humidity. it's so much Especially different. Especially in the winter, yeah. Yeah, the winter gets so dry here. Mm -hmm. And about every January, I think, oh, there's something wrong with my eyes. My contacts are causing trouble. And then I get to Florida, and oh, there was nothing There's wrong no with problem. my eyes. <laughs> it was just so dry. That does yeah, happen. So during the winter, especially when our heaters are on, it, it's worse up here. It Dr. Really Knudsen, when should people come to see you if they should, if they're plagued with like a sty that doesn't go away? A uh, sty is basically a backed up oil gland that you'll see at the edge of the lid there. And sometimes you can get them, they'll just go away on their own, or some hot packs surprisingly can help quite a bit and loosen up that oil and get it draining but if, if it's not going away or getting bigger within a couple weeks uh, you, you can come come on in sometimes we'll do some antibiotic drops can help uh, dry that up but sometimes we have to get medieval on it and open it up yep <laughs> uh, usually I call that a bigger style we call a chalazion which is just a funny name but uh, we can incise and drain that chalazion and that usually takes care of that problem but styes can be fairly innocuous. They're just uncomfortable. Mostly, exactly. They don't damage the eye usually in any way, but they can be very painful and tender. So. Okay. We just got another call from a woman who, uh, she's 66 years old, and she gets sharp, stabbing pain in the inside corner of her eye. What would be causing that? Hard to say. <laughs> yeah. Inside <laughs> corner. I'm not <clears throat> sure. She must mean right inside. If, uh, sometimes it can be a lash or even more i'd say in the morning the sleep we get in the eye can get sharp edges the the water evaporates it leaves kind of crystals behind and that can kind of dig in there uh, so that it can be a foreign body type of pain surprisingly uh, we hear all the time of just kind of a general uh, pain that people get a very sharp stabbing pain to the eye kind of like an ice pick they'll even describe and usually there's nothing wrong with the eye but it it's a really sharp pain, usually only lasts a second or two, but it, certainly it's disconcerting to the patient. Usually I think it's just a nerve that fires off that gives a, huh. a pain around the eye. And why people get that, we don't always know. 
And in this case, I'm not sure exactly what's going on in the corner there, but it's suspicious for some type of foreign body pain. So it would be very good, again, for her if Check to it see out. an eye some, doctor. Yeah, sometimes yes. we don't see anything there, but at least we rule out anything bad. Oftentimes in the morning, if you take a very hot washcloth and just mm -hmm. put it over your eyes, that kind of takes care of any secretions or right, problems. Right, and crusting that people get uh, yeah. getting their lids or eyelashes. It helps to freshen up to just do what you said, use yeah. a warm, wet washcloth. Okay. All right. We'll, um, we probably should take our last break. We appreciate the calls coming in. Always fun to have you here, Dr. Knudsen, and we will be back right after these words. Thanks, second. Hey, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We just have a few more minutes remaining. We're so happy to have Dr. Knutson here discussing all the problems that can occur with our eyes. And the one thing I did want to mention, because I have had a number of friends who have been so pleased to go to Dr. Knutson for LASIK surgery. Um, just LASIKs, right? No, no, well, no. We, the, uh, we don't do that here, actually. No. <laughs> cataract. Cataract, that's okay. it, not LASIKs. I'm sorry. Cataracts, yeah. are, I had okay. it wrong. Cataract surgery, yes. and a lot mm -hmm. of people think, oh, I have to go to Sioux Falls for cataract surgery. Wrong. The yeah. cataract surgery can be done right here in Brookings, and mm -hmm. anyone I know that has had you do it has been more than pleased and just thrilled they didn't whip down to Sioux Falls. Tell us about that, because cataract does affect almost everyone after all a certain age. Yeah, it's it's a matter of birthdays, I say, and we all get some cataract changes where the lens gets cloudy and yellow, and that's normal. Uh, if it gets bad enough, we do the surgery, but nowadays the surgery is not bad to go through at all. We do it at the hospital, but it's an outpatient type of procedure, same-day surgery. The actual surgery is only about 10 minutes long. Um, a long one might be 15 minutes, and usually not much pain afterwards. And uh, most people are very pleased and do very well. Okay. Excuse me. <clears throat> but, yes, it's, it's nothing to be afraid of, and we do hundreds of them here every year. It's, we've got all the latest technology, so you don't really have to travel for that surgery. Yes, yeah, stay in Brookings for that. And another question I have mm -hmm. with cataract surgery, I think I'll be getting it within the year, mm -hmm. but I do wear uh, glasses for both. Can I actually have, um, is it a lens that's put in when they do that? How is that done that right. you will not wear glasses anymore? Well, it depends. Okay. And most people see their best with some glasses power, and it when we do, we take out your natural lens and we replace it with a man-made lens. So we can uh, try to get the person pretty close for the distance without glass, but usually, you know, a little bit of power still is their sharpest. So somebody like me who's very nearsighted, they could reduce that quite a bit to maybe I could get by without glasses for the distance. Uh, if you have some astigmatism, we can handle that with a special lens. There's some extra cost to that. Most people, if they don't mind wearing glasses, we just do the standard lens, and it's the easiest, and they get great vision. If you fix somebody for the distance, uh, they'll still need something usually for up close, like a reading glass or their regular bifocal. There are some uh, newer lenses called multifocal lenses that can give you uh, some distance vision combined with some near vision. They're for people who are very motivated uh, to go without glasses. Even then, sometimes they use glasses for certain activities. So you don't want to oversell some of this technology. It's really cool stuff, uh, but you got to be a little bit careful what you promise a patient. Uh, most people do very, very well. Some of these special lenses I'm talking about, we will sometimes work with uh, Dr. Vance Thompson in Sioux Falls 
uh, there's a lot of out of cost, out of pocket costs for these type of lenses. So we explain that up front. And the insurance too. often, the insurance will right. cover the cataract surgery, but if you're if going you to go to a premium special lens, they lens. call it. Yeah, and there's there's pros and cons to doing that that we would discuss up front. And so uh, it's a cool thing, but it's not for everyone. Uh, but in general, the technology is fantastic nowadays. So. Well, that's great. And, mm. it, you know, I think 20 years ago you heard sad cataract surgery and you kind of worried about it. Yeah. You don't really worry about it anymore. Well, what has yeah. been the main, main difference? Well, we've reduced the, the time it takes. The incision size is down to, you know, two and a half millimeters. It's a kind of a tunnel incision that I don't even put a stitch in. It just seals itself up. Wow. The lenses are foldable. They go through an injector system <laughs> through the small incision and open up inside the eye, and then we maneuver it. So basically, with these small incisions, there's no stitch. I, there's not much for recovery time. I like you to take it easy the day of surgery, but I see, see the person the next day. If everything looks good, we can pretty much let them do their normal activities even the next day. So it doesn't lay them up. A whole lot. Do you do both eyes at the same time? We don't uh, in this country. Maybe eventually that could be the standard of care, but for safety reasons, uh, we just do one eye at a time. There's always some risk to surgery, including sure. very rare, but a risk for infection inside the eye. And if that can blind a person or cause some problems. So if you got an infection in both eyes at one time, would not be, a good be very thing. bad. So we just <laughs> right. do one at a time. And if you needed both done, how mm -hmm. soon would you get the second one then? Usually uh, we'll do it one to two weeks. After oh, not that long Yeah, apart. so it's not oh. very long. I make sure the first eye is looking okay before we go ahead with the second eye. Well, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, simple questions like that. I'm just curious to know, when uh, you're raising children, how often do you have an eye exam? For a well, child or yeah, for even for, for yourself? Well, it, yeah. And it depends. Some, uh, for kids, they should be getting screened at school or pre, uh, preschool, and if there's a problem, then, uh, of course, they'll get uh, referred to an eye doctor for a f full test. If, if they're having no problems, probably every few years is okay. If they're wearing glasses, um, then usually we'll be seeing kids at least every year because things change pretty quick with kids. For adults, a lot of my patients, uh, they do have some conditions we're watching. We're seeing them usually once a year. For adults with no problems or just using reading glasses, they can usually go every two to three years. But you don't want to go 10 to 20 years without an eye check because uh, glaucoma is kind of a silent disease with high eye pressure. So uh, we like to check that out and make sure you're okay. Now, an optician who is not a medical doctor can mm -hmm. test for glaucoma. Is that correct? Well, an optometrist, yeah. Optom not optician makes There's the three O's where it's I confusing. I get the O's mixed optician up. Optician fits glasses. Fits the glasses. Optometrists are eye doctors, but not surgeons or correct. medical doctors. But they'll test you for glasses. Then they can treat some eye diseases. And then ophthalmologists, like myself, we were actual surgeons and your medical doctors. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. That, I had the terms it mixed up. There are three O's, right? Get the three <laughs> O's right. Right. Well, Dr. Knudsen, I know you're the, the uh, medical O, op mm -hmm. ophthalmologist, the one that's hard to say. Yes. <laughs> okay. Hard to spell. T yes. There's that extra L in there. There's I don't L know why. Yeah. But you are an ophthalmologist, and you have really answered a lot of questions of our listeners today. We so appreciate you coming in. We hope all of you have enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program. As always, you can learn more about the exciting activities at the Healing Words Foundation at prairiedoc.org. Tomorrow evening, Kelly Evans is going to be on uh, 
On Call with the Prairie Doc on South Dakota Public Television, Kelly Evans is a local physician, and she's going to be talking about the trouble with our amazing heart. My thanks to Dr. Kenneth Knudsen for joining me today. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Okay, and thanks to all of you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio. I'll close with Dr. Holmes' weekly reminder. Stay healthy out there, people.